Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. One fun story that's happening though today is the uh, the 60th anniversary of the Mini and the Mini Enthusiasts Club of Singapore are hosting a huge Mini Meet today at the KF1 circuit, bringing over 100 classic minis. So if you want to head down there and, and go take a look, um, it, it is uh, in, in support of the Down Syndrome Association of Singapore. So they're going to have uh, classic mini convoy, go-karting, free movie screenings of the iconic minis, a flea market, a boot sale, all kinds of things happening uh, down there at the uh, KF1 one circuit uh, today. Of course, a guest of honor is going to be uh, Yadiman Yusuf, the former parliamentary secretary. Of course, in studio this morning, joining us, Neil Humphreys. Neil, great to see you again. I was out last weekend back home in the U.S. Uh, visiting my family, but uh, nice to see you sitting across from me this morning. Great to see you. And very briefly on that, do you know hmm. my wife's favorite car is a Mini? Yeah, really? And it's her lifelong ambition to own one. And I swear it's just to make me look even more ridiculous than I already do. I'm 1.94 meters tall. Well, okay. it would take me a week to climb out. I would climb out like an accordion in stages. <laughs> and I love minis. Don't get me wrong. Italian job. I love minis. It's my but wife's favorite car. I will say the traditional original mini is very different in size from the current one. And and to that point, uh, just you know, 24, 24, a little over 24 hours ago, I was fl- transiting through San Francisco, coming back to Singapore, and a friend of mine picked me up for dinner. Dixon Xiao, who used to be the head of uh, PR and comms for Twitter here. He's now got a great job in San Francisco. Dixon and I went out to dinner and we took his mini. Right. And he has a brand new mini because he just moved to San Francisco and got one for his family. And it's one of these uh, Clubman ones. It is beautiful. They're great cars. And there's actually quite a lot of room inside. Now, I'm not as tall as you are, but I think you might actually sort of almost fit in one. No, it is deceptive because I have been in minis and they have amazingly high head spaces. High head, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're more compact vehicles, but the roofs are higher. Yeah. So, yeah, I can fit in a Mini. It, it, all, <laughs> it all jokes. I just feel like a clown getting you, out of it. You, you look know? like the bear, the circus bear, you know, yeah, riding the Yeah, well, you see those little tricycle. clown cars they have at circuses <laughs> and they get a... That's me, yeah. My wife still intends to get a Mini at some point, so I'll see how that goes. So, yes, you were in the US. How did it go? Yeah, well, you know, I was back to visit my mom who was just coming through a bout of pneumonia, so it's, you know, tough days for her trying to get over that as uh, she's in her 80s. And I know a lot of our listeners have either before or are currently dealing with family, you know, family, old aged family mm. members, right? And for all of us, it's just not an easy uh, time of life. And, and of course, made more difficult for those of us who don't live in our home country, who live overseas and have to go home to visit. So we're, we're hoping for the best and she's going to get back. And in the meantime, very supportive family back home, two amazing brothers and, and lots of extended family there. So everyone's kind of pulling together, trying to make it all yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's, that's the best you can do, right? Yeah, and I just wish you and your family all the best. No, thank you. L- luckily, while you was in the U.S., yeah. nothing actually happened <laughs> in the U.S. So it's not like you missed anything, is it, Mr. So Van the, the day- I think it's you. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> the day before I was leaving to come back here is when the impeachment investigation opened. Now, let's keep in mind, folks, this is not, you know, the, the, to impeach a president means to call him or her up for trial. That's right? right. This has not been done yet. What it is is an investigation to see if that will be done uh, related to this uh, 
call with the Ukrainian president. So that was that would just just happened, you know, many a few hours before I was leaving. So it was, as you can imagine, on all the news stations, wall to wall coverage. Uh, it's going to be some interesting couple of weeks and months coming up. Let me yeah. tell you that. Well, before we touch on the impeachment proceedings specifically, well, I mean, I'm just curious, what is the general mood back in the U.S. with regards to President Trump and also just before you left this breaking story? What yeah. was the general mood to it? Well, as as might not be surprising to you uh, and what we've seen really in, in the past year or more is, you know, the people that are firmly in support of Donald Trump are still firmly mm. in support of Donald Trump. Even now? Even now, uh, you know, I haven't seen any of the latest polls in the last 24 hours, but um, and and the people that feel that he is not, you know, not the best, the right guy for the for the job right now, still feel that as well, and, and are are more emboldened by what's going on. So there's a very polarized environment. But I will say that you know, on the ground, people are still great in the U.S. People are still nice and helpful and smile at you when you check out from the grocery store and want to help you. You know, I was I, I needed directions a couple of times. I stopped people on the street. People still more than willing to be happy and friendly and all that. So I think at the heart of things, Americans are still trying and wanting to do the right thing, you know, and, and be helpful. I think at the political level, Everyone, Republicans and Democrats that I spoke to while I was home for a week, are fed up with Washington and lack of movement on things like immigration and guns and, and everything. And even Republicans, uh, many Republicans want to see some kind of action on gun control and, and gun laws. So, you know, th- there's, I think, an overwhelming feeling that Washington is severely broken. Yeah. Um, and uh, but on the on the human to human level, I think, you know, I think it's still a great place to be. Um, and I think there's still a lot of people trying to do a lot of good things around the country. Well, it's interesting you mentioned on a human level because I saw Joe Biden, mm. who uh, will stand as a presidential candidate for yep. the Democrats' 2020 election, and I saw him on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And for the first time, and he probably is a deliberate strategy on the part of his camp, he spoke on a human-to-human level. He wasn't mm. a very robotic candidate that Hillary Clinton was cl- accused of. And he said all of the things that you just said – he said, we need to be fixing climate change. We need to be fixing immigration. We need to be fixing gun control. When I speak to young people on the streets, they acknowledge that Washington is what it is. And, and, and President Trump, whether you're pro or anti, will pro- probably be a passing <laughs> phenomenon. Um, but when that's done, you've got to fix gun control or do something about gun control. And we've got to do something about climate change. And Amer- this is Joe Biden's words, but Americans feel that they just want to be American again in the mm. sense that this sounds quite hubristic, but the envy of the world again, the, mm. the idea that Americans were achievers, strivers, goal getters, aspirational, the country that the, peop- the world looks up to and says, I want to go there or live there or, or be like that. Yeah. And I think Joe Biden made a real connection, in my humble opinion, with young voters in America, which is clearly the demographic he is targeting. Sure. And he also said, very interestingly, he had no interest, no interest whatsoever as standing as a presidential candidate when he had the option when he was vice president and obviously Obama's time was coming to an end. And President Obama spoke to Joe Biden and, and Joe Biden said, no, I, I have no interest. I'll, I'll semi-retire. And, mm, mm. But he said all of what you just said, not even about the politics. It's about getting Americans, America back to where it was. And taking out this this hate, this rancor, this animosity, this incendiary political language and getting back to some sort of civility, which I think is bringing it back now to what we've been talking about. 
has just been reinforced again this week with these, as you mentioned there, the um, impeachment inquiry. As you said, it's not gone to trial yet. It's still a long, long way to go. Mm. But the fact that you have whistleblowers within the White House camp increasingly being brave enough to speak out and say that this is not how politics should be conducted. You know, allegedly, our American president shouldn't be using a foreign power for his own personal ends. Sure. In this case, we're talking about the Ukraine, where he allegedly spoke to the new Ukrainian president and asked for, in inverted commas, dirt on the presidential candidate, yeah. Joe Biden. Um, it's moving so fast. Just today, uh, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has been subpoenaed. The special envoy to the Ukraine, Kurt Volker, has stepped down. I think what's interesting, you're right, absolutely right. This is a long process, but it's moving fast, isn't it, this yeah. particular one? Well, and, and you know, folks in Washington are, are also saying, and this goes on both sides, which is, you know, the president is now calling, wants to know who the whistleblower is, yep. which, of course, is an absolute tacit, you know, capital letters N-O, no. Correct. That person, you know, deserves and by law must remain, uh, you know, anonymous unless he or she decides not to be. Uh, but secondly, he's he is now calling that person a spy yep. or, you know, and somebody who is a, against America. And you know, look, I get politics and I get how you want to whip up people and stuff. But this is something that is just absolutely un, you know, un, never been done before. To, to, you know, we, in America, we value people that are willing to stand up and in a reasoned and intelligent way um, uncover wrongdoing in our government, in our corporate lives and all that. And so to, it, it's troublesome for a lot of people to hear that, um, you know, that, that the president is calling for this person to be unmasked. And that, you know, and literally calling this person a spy. And and that's just wrong. And the complaint is out now. Everyone can read it. It's online. Yep. And and as you read through this, I mean, it is a very detailed and reasoned view of what the events were that transpired. Whether or not you agree with the person's take on it, that's your own opinion. But you cannot say that this person just kind of off the cuff, no. uh, you know, did this whistleblower thing. It is a very detailed, uh, many pages document um, that 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 outlines what this person believe went wrong. So it, it's troublesome to hear you know the leader of the country um, go attack this individual and and want to know who who they are and call them a spy. So the, there's some there's some tough stuff ahead. Now I'm not I'm not here going to say that both sides aren't going to play this for all its political value. They will. No, but election, on that point, election year is coming up, so it will that will definitely be part of things. But um, but but the 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 sanctity of the whistleblower has to be maintained. Correct. And on that point, both sides of the political divide are increasingly coming forward, speaking up and saying, no, as you say, the sanctity of the whistleblower is is paramount. He has every right. People have come out to defend the whistleblower, him or her, on both sides of the political divide. And also, I think, I do wonder if the the American president, he'll certainly know now, but I'm not sure if he was aware of the gravity of the situation in the beginning, because just to put it in the context for Singaporean listeners, under US election law, it's worth clarifying this, it is illegal, illegal to seek the help of foreign entities for personal political gain. Now, President Trump's efforts to allegedly solicit information on Joe Biden appears to fall squarely into that category. And as you know, as you definitely know, those sitting presidents cannot be charged 
with a criminal offence, they can be impeached by Congress. And this is where we're at now. So people listening from afar just assume, oh, it's a done deal. He's, he's, he's allegedly broken the door. It's at law. It's over. But as you know, we have to stress it's a long process. The US Senate is currently controlled by the Republican Party by 53 senators to 47 Democrats. So essentially 20 Republicans would have to vote against mm. their own president right. to oust President in the Trump. Senate, yeah. So it's, it's still a long way it's to a go. Long way. You know, as you know, I, I worked for CNN International for many years, and and uh, you know uh, that network um, has meant a lot to me in my working life. But when I was home, I watched a lot of Fox News because right. I wanted to see how this was being played. And and I will tell you that the coverage that I saw on Fox News was very much in favor of this needs to be investigated. This needs to be looked at. Some of the pundits were saying, oh, it's nothing. But some of the other ones, you know, the, the judges and the lawyers and the people that they had on said, no, wait a minute. You know, this needs to be looked at and considered. And this whistleblower account needs to be fully vetted and talked about. So even, you know, even on Fox News, which is, you know, obviously fully in the camp of the president on most issues, um, they were saying, Wait a minute. We need to, you know, we need to, we need to have a close look at this. So that to me is quite interesting as well. Absolutely. But think about Fox News and, and without stereotyping, think about their demographic, the kind of voter, the kind of viewer that is attracted to Fox, Fox News. Mm. Generally speaking, they are proud patriots. They mm. make no secret of it. Look, both sides are left and right, but Fox News viewers tend to be proud patriots. What is the American president being accused of? You know, it's a crime against patriotism. You are using a foreign power against your own sitting government. You are using a foreign power before your own country and putting national security potentially at risk. Left or right, if you're a proud patriot of the United States, as many Fox News viewers are, you're going to find that very, very troubling, whatever your political stripes. And and one of the comments was, you know, this is the way that Donald Trump has run his business empire for decades, right? Making these kinds of requests, deals, talking to other people and getting, you know, getting them to help him out, do him a favor or whatever. And that's, that's okay. Although there may be some red lines there in the business world as well. But, but in the, in the political world, you know, as the president, you, you cannot do that. If, in fact, no. he is found guilty of, of doing that. Um, and some people say he isn't guilty of doing that. So, you know, the comments that have also come out have been like he just he doesn't understand his role as Correct. the head of, you know, the head of the, the U.S. And, and the political boundary lines and OB markers, as we say here in Singapore, that, that exist for him. Uh, so, uh, But isn't it staggering that the, the call to the Ukrainian president allegedly took place, I think, a day or just two days after the Mueller investigation had just concluded. So he just kind of, let's say, dodged a bullet, if you like, on the yeah. Russian investigation, similar allegations in, in, involving foreign power, powers into domestic issues. He's just finished that investigation. And the very next day, according to the whistleblower's report, picks up the phone, <laughs> speaks to the Ukrainian president and says, I need some help on Joe Biden. Biden. Well, and the other the other contextual part of this is that just before that call, you know, a week or so before that call, he had put a freeze on that military aid yep. to Ukraine, right? So that, you know, which is aid that they desperately wanted and needed in the Ukraine to help stave off their issues with the Russians. Uh, so, so to have that happen and then to have this call, it, you know, you can see some dots being connected there. And there's another dot I saw just this morning. A shocking allegation that he apparently spoke to the head of the uh, NRA. The, did you see that? The National Rifle Association, the I gun control, the gun mm. lobby, mm. essentially, and asked for support from them, 
with this in return for which he would hold back on some of the gun law reforms that are being called upon. So if that's true, and it's, a, it's across all the media, and I recommend people read it carefully, you now have a sitting American president contacting the gun lobby specifically and saying he'll pull back on gun reforms if they support him through this ongoing investigation. It's, this uh, is where we're at. It's crazy times. And not to say that you know political backroom deals haven't been made throughout American history, going back even to the seven, you know, the, the 18th century. It's, it's always been that way, but we're in, definitely in a new, new territory today. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.